Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mystery on the rocks, oh yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. And welcome to another episode of Mystery on the Rocks, the show that takes unsolved true mysteries and cocktails and mixes them up for you to enjoy. That's right, you. Welcome. I am sued with me as always is a fantastic Suze Kepner. Down in Acapulco, me too long. <laughs> the amazing Chris Toads. Is this the way to Amarillo? <laughs> Every and... night I've been hugging my pillow. <laughs> and I'm dreaming the dreams of Amarillo. <laughs> If you'd like pee, and sweet Masood who waits for me. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine uh, if this is the first episode you ever listened to. You'd be like, um, oh, fuck oh, off. No. Fuck off. <laughs> you'd go, fuck off. The last one was the first one we haven't talked about succession. And that includes the episodes we recorded before we'd ever watched it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were the did we even record those episodes? Were they even episodes? <laughs> did they even happen? It's true. It's true. Was there <laughs> life before succession? It's so great. I don't think there was. Meeting parents are like, have you have you done it yet? Have you finished it? Well, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> like, is it safe to talk about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you sort of just drop a hint like, if I say to you, Carl, <laughs> is that, is, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what are we drinking, guys? This is uh, equal parts tequila cointreau and some chocolate bitters in there this is a, hello this is a would pay 18 pounds nice. <laughs> how is it nice. chris mm. tell you what it is is delicious like sue's played properly nice, when she invented it? that yeah and i i, I smashed it, it. <laughs> it's fucking lethal as well <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Imagine. Uh, yeah. Bear in uh, mind, I've had one already, <laughs> and I'm uh, and I'm going on about two hours sleep from a it's coach. insanely strong. And mm. uh, but the addition of the chocolate bitters, I think, is a stroke of genius. And all, literally, all it was was I saw them down. And I went, "Hey," and they're good. Yeah, mm. it works. It adds something, doesn't it? This is, I think, to call it. A would pay eighteen pounds just to do it a disservice because I think that <laughs> I, 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 I I think it's one of those ones that is so strong because it's literally all just boots. Mm. But it's uh, and it's, I sipped it through our whole episode. But it's built really nicely. That I think that like I don't know. I feel like 
I, I I feel like it could replace the Vespa. I think like it could be a James Bond. Drink. <laughs> yeah. What's I in do, the Vespa? Honestly, it's it's really strong. Um, the Vespa is mm. the vodka martini that Bond drinks. Yeah, but the like insanely oh, oh, crazy one. Right. Yeah. So I think it could. Right. I, I, it, it's like one of those where it's like that will. Yeah. That will get you fucking hammered. Yeah. Like you oh yeah, if you two. have to, if you yeah yeah, it's a sipper, and I did sip yeah. it. <laughs> no, oh, I'm glad it's going down a treat, Masood. Mm. You, you simply must try it. I thought this is just going to be like a shit margarita without mm. the lime, but it doesn't taste like that because the margarita, as you said, had so little. Uh, it's a triumph. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> a triumph acclaim. A British I feel like car. that's definitely on a poster. Dot dot dot. It's a triumph. It's a triumph. Chris Stokes, person from the it's, podcast. Uh, uh, are you drinking one again, Suze? Is that? No, I've made another one. So what I found on the end of my desk was a little bit of a friend, friend, uh, friend of the show, friend of comedy, Natalie O'Donoghue. She gave me at the Fringe last year a little thing of Glaswegian raspberry gin, um, mm. little tiny bottle. And I had a bit of it already, I think, on another episode. But I, what I, went, I went, oh, I've got a tiny bit left. I'll finish it. So I've put that in this glass with a bit of butterscotch liqueur. And I thought, hey, how bad can it be? Turns out, fine. Okay. Right? It's too sweet. The butterscotch liqueur that goes so, that that like does something when it meets smoky whiskey. Like something mm. crazy happens and it's so good. It sort of needs something basically savoury to go with for it yeah. to work. So this is just kind of like, it tastes like sweets in a, yeah, in a in mm. nice way, but it's kind of just like, ah, whatever, it's sweet and whatever. Would not okay. pay 18 pounds. Would not. I'm going to call it a, um, what should I call it? Tastes like sweets. <laughs> tastes like sweets. I was going to say, there's, there's got to be something in like, like, you know, like a, a cocktail at like a all-inclusive and or Weatherspoons type thing where they're like, Six quid. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, call it, call it, uh, call it six pounds special. Six pounds, what, what, six pounds special. Yeah. What's in it again? You've mm. got the uh, uh, the Glaswegian raspberry, raspberry, raspberry gin. gin and butterscotch liqueur. liqueur. Probably uh, equal okay. parts. In. Yeah, uh, it's it's not horrible at all, but it's just like a sweet treat. Do you know what that is to me? What it like sounds that. like to me is a uh, Campino Werther's original. So it's a Campino. By, it's a Campino. So by Oh, shit. A campino. I've just written this. You've made a campino. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It's a campino meh. There you go. I have a campino. I like that. Keir Starmer's cocktail of choice. It's sweet and does nothing. <laughs> and it's friends with uh, Peter Mandelson, who hung out with Jeffrey Epstein, and for some reason is in Jeffrey Epstein's Black oh, Book wow. three times. <laughs> it's it's so fun. It's like you can't, you know, if there's a photo of you with Jeffrey Epstein, and people are like, no, no, we just hung out. It's like that's that's still bad. That's still bad. Yeah, we're fucking hanging out. With um, still weird. Yeah. 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 What did you talk about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it. Oh, I'm not going to go into that. Why not? Why not? Yeah. When about fucking what movie just came out? Would it? Is it? Mm. Yeah. Mm. A party? Are you? What the fuck are you talking about at the party, mate? One one last question. Who else was at that party? I was. I mean, no that, one. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was Gilleen, just us. We're, Gilleen. Rolf Harris was drawing everyone's picture, but <laughs> did you have your arms out? Yeah. Did you draw all your dicks? Do you know what take I'm really sick of? So there's the Philip Schofield thing, obviously, and there's people going, and yet Charles was allowed to marry Diana, 
who he'd met when she was 16 and he married her at 19 when he was 32. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're definitely comparable because if we could say anything about Charles and Diana, it was that he was super into her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you could, we could talk about how fucked up that is to the cows come home, but you really can't put those two things in the same category. Yeah. Charles was like, please don't make me do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where the fuck up inness comes from. Yeah. He didn't meet her at 16 and go, for one day. He Look was like, that, yeah. that he was, was like, it. Oh. They just mixed in the same circles and he yeah. was, they were like, you better marry someone untainted. He was like, oh, I don't know that one. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> She could have been with Richard Gere, damn it. Or yeah, Sylvester man. Stallone. Well, yeah, I well, think she Sylvester was. Stallone could have had it if, if he wanted her. Could have had her if I wanted her. Sure, he could sly. Um, what are you drinking, Masood? Uh, so this is a this is a, a Masood concoction. We've got um, Amaro. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Ah, um, I love these Amaro. Gin and some mm-hmm. uh, light or white vermouth. Um, oh. And it is, so it's sort of an agroni feel. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not quite a Negroni. It hasn't got that like same, I guess, like trademark taste, but it's like a- white vermouth is dry is the dry vermouth, right? Yeah. Rather than sweet vermouth. Isn't that called something? Uh it is, but I've literally forgotten what it's called. Gin oh cardinal is if you yeah. make a Negroni but with dry vermouth. Okay, fair. yeah, there's no Campari in it. So okay. Yeah, oh, so tomorrow. Because um, and- Masood normally uh makes like not standard but like existing, existing. cocktails yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, masood rarely goes off piste and makes his own but last week mm. he did with the uh uh that's amaro which oh, was yes. Amaro yes and beer. yes and he has done two like today as well that's two in a row where masood has gone fuck it making my own up i'm, an, Im- own up. I'm an influencer within this podcast Masood's so like, what are you time for me to go rogue yeah, what are you calling it? it? What are you I'm calling gonna, it? I'm going to call this a. We've got uh, dry vermouth, gin, amaro. Ooh, it tastes kind of. It's like super dry, but then there's like a nice kind of slightly, slight chocolatey, warm taste at the end. Oh, really? Like a kind of rich richness. Yeah. I see. Okay. But it's like it's not like super strong. It's like kind of subtle. So like maybe it's like a. Uh, it I know like, what you should call it. What should, what should I call it? Uh, chocolate for ZZ. <gasps> yes. Oh, my God. This is we cho- finally have a chocolate for ZZ. Chocolate for ZZ. Mm. Nice. Mm, delicious. Oh, my sure. No, no, no. <laughs> Where is he from again? He was... Turkey. Oh, yeah. Uh, Turkish. Yeah, he was from the, uh, uh, the, what was at the time, the Ottoman Empire. I think. Oh yeah, Amazing. Oh, that's right. He was right. he was old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like in his eighties uh, when he died in nineteen thirty something. Yeah, that's so crazy. He's like, like you knock on the door and I come out in like a in a negligee with a little shash over my satchel. <laughs> over my door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't come out tonight. I really can't. That that is really <laughs> angry. Where is, Where is my chocolate? Where is my chocolate? I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. Bye 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 bye. I'll see you later, guys. I love you. Um, bye bye. <laughs> if you're a new listener to uh, Mystery on the Rocks, uh, I recommend going back and listening to our Chocolate for ZZ episode. Yes. Uh, uh, it's I'm called Chocolate for ZZ colon The Merchant of Death. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yes, and it that's a nice gateway into our 20th century espionage uh, series. Yeah, it's an early one. It's not the earliest. It's episode no. episode three, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Chris, what do you have for us today? 
today I said to you, and it might be a little bit dishonest, but um, I, uh, I've got my own interpretation of this mystery. Uh, yeah. I think I think it's an almost lovely one, almost okay. lovely one, Ooh, and okay. it is uh, whatever happened to Barbara Newell Follett. Okay. Do you know who Barbara Newell Follett is? Uh, I feel like I'm going to take a stab in the dark and like, I feel like she sounds like a TV actress. Um, she is not. Okay. She is not. So yeah, she is, um, was, I should say, she was born in 1914. So wherever she is, she dead as hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she, she was born in 1914 mm-hmm. and she vanished. In 1939, she was 25 years old. She was born in uh, New Hampshire Mm -hmm. and she disappeared somewhere in Massachusetts, Brookline. And her official status is not dead as hell. Her official status is missing for 83 years, five months and 29 days. And really, you can still be missing for that long. That's totally a thing. Well, uh, she, okay. Um, no one's declared her dead. I I don't know what order to tell this in, so I I, th- I think I'll do it this way. Basically, in okay. December 1939, December the seventh to be precise, she was 25 years old, and she had married uh, eight years previously in 1931. Bearing in mind she would have been 17. Um, right. In 1931, she married uh, a man named Nickerson Rogers. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Um, Nickerson uh, Rogers. There, there was no cool name in the last episode. It was almost no. like, uh, yeah. was it really a Mystery on the Rocks episode? Yeah. But um, uh, like Nickerson, Nickerson Rogers. <laughs> Nickerson Rogers. Uh, they, uh, they married in the summer of 1931. They uh, spent the following summer walking the Appalachian Trail, which is on the east coast of America, isn't it? Yeah. Well, like just for fun or like... Uh, yeah, so they walked it from Mount... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. Catadin, uh, Mount Catadin. It's the yeah. highest mountain in Maine, basically. Okay. And so oh, right. they, walked, they walked from there to the border of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Then from there, they sailed to Spain and they continued their hike. Uh, so they kept walking through Mallorca, through the Swiss Alps. Did a lot of walking, uh, basically. Yeah. And... Uh, they settled in Massachusetts, uh, and I, sh- I should correct myself. They didn't marry in 1931. They met, and then they married oh. in 1934. Oh, so okay. they married in 1934, and around about 1937, they've been married for about three years. Barbara had started expressing dissatisfaction in her marriage hmm. uh, in letters she wrote to her friends. We just don't walk anymore. We don't right. walk anywhere anymore. The following, <laughs> the following year, the following year, 1938, like they, they grew further and further apart. And mm. then Barbara began to think that Nickerson was being unfaithful to her. Fuck. And yeah. she grew depressed. And 1939, December 1939, 25 years old, Barbara was so disillusioned in her marriage that on December the 7th, they'd had an argument and she left their apartment with $30 in her pocket, which in today's money would be about $600. Yeah. She left left with uh, $30 and was never 
seen again. again. Just it, got up and walked out of her apartment because she was sick of her marriage and just vanished without trace. Fucking hell. Fuck, man. Yeah. Well, I just, uh, at the mention of that, I, unrelated, spilt my fucking cocktail all over fucking self. I, um, when she I say it's unrelated, I was shocked. She wrote letters to her friends about how dissatisfied she was. Like, there's something about, like, that's that's cold, man. Like, if you write a letter, <laughs> like, this motherfucker, and like, it's like, because I imagine that those weren't thin letters. You were you were getting a yeah, pen, and, <laughs> pen to paper. And it, do you know what? I think if she was that unhappy in the marriage, it would have yeah. the pressure on the pen. It would have gone through to the next page, the next page. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then she did an arrow pointing to it and wrote shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. Yeah. It's see like, how mad this makes thing me? tells us. Yeah. You're getting, you're getting um, like a fucking big old package of like covered in here we go. fucking gin and syrup. Manuscript comes. This through. this motherfucker is costing me <laughs> a fucking fortune in fucking <laughs> stationery. Um, <laughs> so Nickerson uh, didn't report her missing for a fortnight. Now what? that might be why she vanished without trace because I think maybe if you'd reported her missing. Before then, then maybe they could have. Yeah, exactly. They could try. Um, they could find traces. <laughs> uh, he didn't file her missing straight away because he was waiting for her to come back. Mm. Uh, so, so he said. And then four months after telling the police, that's when he requested a missing persons bulletin be issued. Yeah. Like so, four months. And she, bearing in mind, she her name was Barbara Newell Follett, and we'll get back in a little bit to why she was known as that, but. Her married name was Rogers because he was Nickerson Rogers. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the bulletin was issued under the name Barbara Rogers. Okay, uh, yeah. Mm. Now, this is where I'm going to rewind a little bit and tell you about Barbara's younger life because she disappeared when she was 25. That's already pretty young. Mm. But what if I told you that at this point, Barbara was a child prodigy novelist and she had written a novel when she was 13 years old. It got published. Oh, she was 12. Uh, it got published. It was called The House Without Windows. And she... That's boring. Uh, she was a published... <laughs> that sounds like a, a house published, you make in The Sims. <laughs> yeah. So she was a published novelist at the age of 13. That, that's and, amazing. Uh, her next novel... Uh, her next novel? Hang on a minute. Her <laughs> novel? Jesus Christ. Her next novel no, it's like was... You're a kid. You've got lots of ideas. Her, her next novel was a critical smash, and she was 14 when she wrote that one. Now, mm. that's why uh, that was called The Voyage of the Norman D. Okay. D for Dick. The Voyage of the Norman D. Hey. As told by the Cabin Boy is the full title. <laughs> Uh, this is wacky. So you've so got this still kid novelist. She was 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she, a little bit older, so uh, a few, a couple of years after being like a celebrated novelist, she wrote that second novel. And that same year, her father uh, left her mother for another woman. Whoa. Uh, and he'd kind of encouraged her writing. And uh, she became... Right. Uh, she became... She, she was like 
she she loved her dad and then so like not mm. only had he betrayed her mother he betrayed her as well mm. and uh she felt also even this young she felt like she'd peaked like 14 Whoa, like well yeah. that's it um and i have i have a is her dad writing them uh, <laughs> that's, possible. that's possible and uh so uh because of this her dad walking out the family fell on hard times and she was only 16 when the great depression happened so wow she took jo- she took a job as a secretary in new york city uh she did mm-hmm. write more uh manuscripts but the publishers and this this kind of while it's unfair to be like oh was a man writing her work well the publishers didn't like her stuff now didn't like her new the stuff. publishers will literally read also this is the thing like it was much easier pre-2008 to get tv comedy made yeah and mm. then the financial crash happened and suddenly there was just way less money around yeah. and i yeah. imagine the depression they're like well we're not just going to publish any old shit and yeah, maybe exactly. her stuff she was doing herself just wasn't as good without her dad's guidance mm. um that's, yeah, that's so likely uh, so she was working as a secretary in New York City, mm-hmm. then met Nickerson, did the walking thing, got married, blah, blah, blah. But mm. this is why I put a pin in where we were and went back to this mm. because mm-hmm. she was famous as Barbara Newell Follett, mm. but the missing persons bulletin was, was put out as Barbara Rogers because she was married to Nickerson. I oh, see. Shit. How weird. And, and the media didn't know that this child prodigy novelist had gone missing until... Almost 30 years later. So in 1966, people were like, yeah, so in 1966, the media were like, holy shit, that child novelist went missing because the missing bulletin was put under her married name and not the name because got to remember at 14, at 13, she was not married. It was not published under her name. Yeah. But then she got married. Then they put, so this is another reason why she just vanished. This is cuckoo bananas. There's another reason why she managed uh, for that trace. So who admin. the hell That's knows? Yeah, exactly. But not just admin. Like the 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 the, the idea of the, the married the, name rather the than patriarchal her. tradition of changing your maiden yes. name and then to taking your husband's name oh is God. why no one knows where she went. That's right. <laughs> because and it's only Fair the quirk of the fact up. that she'd actually the quirk of the fact that she'd been so successful so young, which was so rare mm. that people knew her as her maiden name, which is very unusual yeah. because most women, if they became famous, might have already been married. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. they would have had it, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so she... Come and uh, San Diego. <laughs> so she went missing in 1939. 13 years later, in 1952, her mother began insisting that the police investigate the matter more thoroughly. In 13 years, where, where's yeah. she gone? Uh, and her mother, Helen, was quite suspicious of Nickerson. Right. Why did you delay in putting out the missing persons bulletin? You didn't do anything to try and find out where she might have gone. And at the time mm-hmm. when it was crucial. So what's gone on here? Mm-hmm. And uh, she wrote a letter to Nickerson. Uh, that said, all of this silence on your part looks as if you had something to hide concerning Barbara's disappearance. You wow. cannot believe 
that I shall sit idle during my last few years and not make whatever effort I can to find out whether Barr is alive or dead, whether perhaps she is in some institution suffering from amnesia or nervous breakdown. But Barbara's body was never found. Law enforcement didn't find any evidence that Nickerson had done anything untoward. Uh, the date and the circumstances of her death have never been established because she just vanished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she literally, and this is why I said, why do you think this is a fairly lovely one? Because she wasn't happy in her life and went and found a new one. And she just, yeah, she just went, fuck this. Yeah, I'm she out. just fucked off. Yeah. 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 Uh, I assume she wasn't where, murdered. At no, a I'm... time where it was very difficult for a woman to do that. Yeah. 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 She just went, ah, fuck this. Mm. And yeah. successfully, she was like, oh, people are going to be looking for Barbara Noel Follett. Uh, mm-hmm. She could have changed her name, gone under a false identity, and that would have even confused people further because she wouldn't then be to know that people were looking for a Barbara Rogers and not even know to look for Barbara Noel Follett. So yeah. that on top nice. of everything else just means that successfully, she vanished into yeah. thin air. Fuck! I do love that the uh, mom's like, "Yo, I'm a, I'm a find you, dickhead. You, you fuck. I, <laughs> I got your number, slick. I know a thing or two about a thing or two. Okay, you think you can fuck me? You think I got? You think you got my dick in your hand? I've got your dick in my hand. <laughs> you, yeah, I like that she did that. But you're right, man. She just fucking out the door. That's good. Mm. That's powerful. Power to her, man. It was great. So it was in 1966. 1966 when the the media discovered that it was the the novelist. Barbara Noel Follett has gone missing. Yeah. They found out it was her in 1966 because her mother published a study on it. Mm. And that's... Right. So he- Helen published the study and then the media cottoned on and they were like, oh, this Barbara Rogers that went missing in 1939 is Barbara Noel Follett who wrote these books when she was so young. This celebrated novelist who has two books, like... Was it? It didn't Salinger. Salinger only write a couple of books, one, or maybe yeah. just Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, I think he wrote. Yeah, he might. Did he do another one? Well, Harper, Harper Lee, Lee only, only wrote. wrote um, she wrote to. Uh, she wrote, I think she she worked with Truman Capote on on another uh, book. In, yeah, in Cold Blood. Yeah, and yeah. then she wrote. She wrote to Kill a Mockingbird, and then didn't write another mm. novel. Yeah, she. It, they'd have you believe. Yes. Yeah, they'd have you. Be- they'd have you believe that she wrote Ghost at a Watchman, but have you read no. that? I've heard that it is her family that. going like money, 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 money. She wrote. Um, I think she'd written Ghost at a Watchman was the original draft, wasn't it? Of Killer Mockingbird. It was. Uh, Killer Mockingbird was like it, a section of the book. Yeah, it was. A, it was. A, it was the original draft of yeah. the framing device of To Kill a Mockingbird before she decided to. I see. It's yeah. So it's largely. Because uh, I, I couldn't wait to read Ghost Set of Watchmen. Ghost, to Kill a Mockingbird is sure. my favourite Is my favorite book. Mm-hmm. So when it came out, I was like, I absolutely cannot wait to read this. Read it and was just devastated at how bad yeah. it was. Oh, no. <laughs> no it's, yeah. it's, I've heard it's dreadful, yeah. Because I actually, I'm gonna, I, I don't want to reread it, but I remember, I'm honestly, I'm so convinced that in it, they get the outcome of the Tom Robinson trial wrong it's not the same outcome as the trial from to kill a mockingbird yeah no that yeah. completely undermines every oh jesus christ i'm getting angry. Anyway, fucked okay. everything uh, and, and it's obviously because it was in a draft where she hadn't changed the outcome yet or something but like, yeah. you, you have a reader to check that but yeah. um that's why they didn't find out that it was her that had gone missing until 1966 mm-hmm. um i see 
My there hands are so a... sticky. I'm just going to wash them. I'll be one one minute. Oh, or is that because you spilt the gin? Disgusting. <laughs> this is the this is the joy of, of uh, one of the many strange joys of being a parent is that you are always an arm's length away from wet wipes, and so any spills uh, or anything, I'm always like, yeah, yeah. there we go. Ah, yeah, just they're just they're literally there's they're they're fucking everywhere in this house. Like I buy a box of them. Two boxes of them every month, <laughs> and I just have them fucking. I have when you say boxes, every... do you mean like bo- boxes like of boxes packs? of packs yeah. of yeah, yeah, yeah? And I just have one in every room in the house. I'm just like, there we go. Except there's not one in here because I don't know why there isn't one in here. <laughs> We're not in here often enough. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in here to record this, and that's and occasionally sleep in here, and that's it. As if I go out, if I go out drinking. <laughs> Um, I don't know whether because times of the essence I'll start talking about this and then because okay. it's kind of cool mm. so the uh, the voyage of the Norman D as told by the cabin boy um, <laughs> do you know how she like you got to remember she's 14 years old yeah. uh, she researched that book and yeah. um, how she did that was uh, she started looking at terminology of sailing and ships and uh, she went through the dictionary and then she realised that that wasn't going to be good enough. Mm. Um, so instead, oh, that's she, that was so uh, <laughs> she knew that she had to do some first-hand research. Yeah. So bear in mind, like she's 14 years old, researching her second novel, Suze, The Voyage of the Norman D. At 14 years nuts. old. At 14 years, oh no, 13 at this point, 14 when it was published. 13. Oh she She signed on as the cabin boy for a ship bound for Nova Scotia then just went and lived as the, the cabin fuck? boy on this ship. But that also implies that she's very self-reliant and enjoys adventure. Mm. Born out as well yeah. by the fact that she went walking and walking and walking with Nixon when they first met. This is why mm. I think, I think she was okay when she fucked off yeah. because... Oh, absolutely. Uh, she's resilient. So... She, uh, uh, she, she was, was the cabin... She was a fucking cabin boy. That's so amazing. she was the cabin boy on this schooner and uh, a few months later, she came back home and handed in the manuscript for a second book, The Voyage of the Normandy, and as told by the cabin boy. So yeah. um, she uh, more than likely was probably okay. There's um, there's not much uh, about her. You can Google her and find stuff out. Uh, there's a um, there's a piece in the Guardian from a few years ago 
uh, called First Novel at 12, Gone at 25. Uh, so there's a couple of uh, photographs of her mm-hmm. and that wonderful story about her signing on as a cabin boy. Um, yeah. yeah. And then in 2019, uh, a writer called Daniel Mills published a theory that her body was actually found, just not identified correctly. Okay. Oh right, okay. So he was investigating a lot of a lot of missing persons cases, and he actually says that he's found evidence of the fact that her body was discovered in 1948, nine years after she went missing, but it was misidentified uh, as somebody else called Elsie Whitmore. Okay, right. So her- the body was found on Pulsifer Hill, which was a mile, half a mile, yeah, from a farmhouse where. Barbara and Nickerson had a long-standing rental agreement. And the stuff that was found on the body were consistent with Barbara's belongings, but local police, because of the name confusion, weren't aware of her disappearance at the time, had no record of it. They determined the cause of death to be a suicide because there's a bottle containing barbiturates uh, found at the scene. Uh, And so he believes this is evidence enough that it was Barbara's body misidentified as LT Whitmore. Fine, uh, Daniel, but um, there's a definitive name there, which is Elsie Whitmore. So how, mm. where'd that name come from? Yeah, exactly. That's That doesn't just come out of the fucking thing. Well. So yeah. if you, uh, which I haven't done yet, because I thought it'd be fun to do it now. Uh, right. Daniel Mills, Elsie Whitmore. Her, um, uh, her second book is difficult to find. I You can buy The House Without Windows. That's her that's debut. A, but you can't right. buy The Voyage of the Normandy as told by the cabin boy. It's always out of stock. You can't seem to find it. Oh, how weird. Which, You'd which think I'm it would just bit, be available. I'm a bit sad about I really, I genuinely really want to read both of those books now. I want to see this wacky-ass book that this crazy woman, um, she literally 14. went and posed as a cabin boy. Yeah. It's amazing. So like you can so I found Daniel Mills's website and I found the page that relates to this. Yeah. And it's an article called A Place of Vanishing and it appears in the Los Angeles Review of Books 2019, but it's not actually on his website. So if I read, if I click the review to the Los Angeles Review of Books, here it is. Here's the piece uh, where the body was found on Thanksgiving Day, 1948. Harold Huckins. Uh, so if you go to um, lareviewofbooks.org forward slash article forward slash uh, a place of vanishing, finding Barbara Newell Follett with hyphens between all of those words. LAReviewofbooks.org. Um, okay. What was it? And what was the other uh, Actually, if you just search lareviewofbooks.org and yeah. then put a space in the browser and then just put a place of vanishing, it might come up. But um, this is uh, detailing Harold Huckins finding the uh, this body. Um, uh, the bones are lying in the open. This is a quote from uh, Daniel's piece. The bones are lying in the open, unburied, are washing pine needles attached with three roots. Uh, uh, Huckins thinks it's an animal, and then he sees the shoes. Elsie Whitmore was 25 in the summer of 1936. The age is roughly. The, the two years out, but uh, uh, mother to a 16-month-old daughter, pregnant with another child. Her husband, Edward, was employed as an iron worker and a construction foreman. Okay, all well and good, Daniel, but how? why have you made this leap that Elsie is Barbara? Yeah, it, right. just, it doesn't quite... Yeah. 
Uh, so then you go through it. There's All a lot of, of stuff. There's a lot of stuff where there's more background on Elsie. So that instantly is like, well, there's a backstory here. Little is known of Elsie or her life in Plymouth. Um, not Plymouth in the UK, obviously. Mm. Um, uh, so yeah. her husband, Edward, was employed as an iron worker and construction foreman. Uh, they had one daughter with another child on the way. So she got slightly depressed on account of a pregnancy, was walking alone in the evenings. Uh, June the 29th, 1936, she complained of indigestion, informed her in-laws, Carl and Pearl, that she was going for a walk to settle her stomach. Uh, and then she never came back. Oh, wow. Uh, sniffer dogs came out, but it was Harold Huckins that found her. But apparently on June the 30th, he'd stopped to pick up, pick up a hitchhiker matching Elsie's description. She had a loaf of bread and then she requested that he dropped off, which he did. Investigators travelled to him where they learned that the young hitchhiker spent the entirety of June the 30th at Webster Rock, blah, blah, blah. But why make the jump that it's Barbara? I don't yeah, it. it's, it just yeah, like... yeah, it's like there's a piece missing. So yeah. then there's a lot of this... A lot, so then there's a lot of evidence here from the scene of Elsie's discovery, the discovery of Elsie's body. But it's one of those things I think it's like it's really easy and nice and convenient to slot that into the story and kind mm. of like round it off. Because, like, like yeah. you were saying before, it's like Barbara just went, like, Yeah, we just found out that at 13, she was a cabin oh. boy to write a fucking book. Oh, yeah, she just, really... she just would have been like, uh, I think I, mean, I've got th- yeah. I think I get it. I think I get it now. Basically, okay. I think Elsie Whitmore was a real person that went missing in the same way, but the oh. remains that oh, were found were skeletal. So he's now saying that the skeletal remains were identified as Elsie when he thinks that they were. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, okay. 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 I see. I see. Uh, what, uh, so because of um, went missing too, but wasn't killed. Uh, yeah, so apparently when they when they found these skeletal remains, the Whitmores contested the findings, saying that the shoes shoe size was different. Hmm. So I don't know. I I it's funny because I think like you hear about Barbara's like the whole thing of getting married and the big walk and her adventuring, and my thing, my take on her is that she's just like I feel like she was writing. I think that uh, old Nickerson was a touch jealous of marrying this prodigy, right? right? This amazing person, and uh, right. he was wanted like, to keep her, keep yeah, her in place. And he stuff, was yeah. stifling her. He was crushing her spirit, and she's like, "Fuck this!" And she just walked out. Ah. That's what I think. That's what I'd just be like. Ah, I can't take any more of this shit. Am I, I think Occam's sure. Razor. Occam's Razor. Like she uh, got sick of her life and yeah. left. She's like, um, "I'm bouncing." Uh, cabin boy again i'm see you later yeah she went she spent the next 40 years as a cabin boy as a cabin boy. so you're I pretty old remember. now uh and you're also a woman so we can't uh <laughs> yeah. can't cabin boy anymore we're very sorry yeah she ended up living in a, a musical at sea <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's it's, it's weird fabulous. It, it, it's it's weird i think it's worth reading daniel's daniel mills's article Hmm. Uh, it's called a place of vanishing on the LA review of books. And right. a lot of it seems to be that the, there are similar similarities in a, like sort of size and appearance and age mm-hmm. between Elsie and, and Barbara. And obviously this, 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 this um, notion that these remains were found not far from a property that Barbara and Nickerson had uh, a long-term rental on. Hmm. Um, my, okay. my wonder there is why didn't they search there? for her when she went missing 
Yeah, that would have been the first yeah. kind of thing. Because they might have done and she wasn't there. Because yeah. if it's a property that they had as sure. a, a long-term rental, you know? Yeah. But yeah. My own personal preference is to think that Barbara had enough and then went and lived a long life elsewhere mm. quite happily. Yeah, she's wily and she figured out a way to live life how she wanted to live her life. She probably yeah. published more books under a different name. Different that name? We don't fucking know. Catherine about. Cookson. <laughs> Agatha Christie. Because <laughs> <laughs> Agatha Christie went missing for a bit. No one knows. No one knows where she went. <laughs> really? Did she ever say where she went? No. It's a mystery to this day where she went. She claimed to have not wow. memory of where she'd gone. But like, yeah, there's a real life mystery about Agatha Christie. Oh shit, she was where off the fuck did she go? Yeah, she's um, like, I'm, I'm How I'm long was she gone? Yeah. Uh I think it was like it was a matter of days. Hang on. Uh Agatha Christie. Okay, so uh, like a fugue state thing she could blame it on. Yeah, Agatha right. Christie was obviously also, I should point out, about 25 years older than Barbara. So, I was going to um, say, yeah, she was probably um, publishing novels about the same time, but... I was only being silly. But, 11 um, days. <laughs> the 11 days she went missing, yeah. Yeah. 11 oh, right, days. okay. Yeah. 1926, uh, so 13 years before, before Barbara. <laughs> and that gave Barbara an idea to disappear forever. <laughs> wow. I hope she's still alive, just really old. Yeah, just mm. like uh, who? Like oh, Barbara. At the end of Titanic. <laughs> she'd be a hundred and yeah. Uh, she'd be a hundred and nine. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she's still going. And she what, became what are some Karen of the theories? Slaughter, famous. Uh, crime <laughs> what are some of the theories? Uh, yeah, what are some of the like theories about what happened to her? Who yeah. who is she? Uh, a lot of people think that she killed herself, uh, right. but. A body was never found to actually substantiate that, but because they've linked this with the fact that she was depressed and known to be taking sleeping pills. But if she was depressed because of her circumstances, she did something about that by leaving. So yeah. it's possible that she, I wouldn't say got better because demons mm. don't just go away, but, and also no. a lot of this is, a lot of this is deep seated because of her father's betrayal. Yeah. So, right. Um, just by just upping sticks and getting out of the situation doesn't necessarily mean that she's then cured. But um, I also sure. think it's a I think also think it's a reach to just be like, well, she killed herself with sleeping pills because it's like, well, you don't know that. Um, yeah, like it's it's, yeah. So it's like those are those are one of two. Th- like she either if she did that, she would have did that at the house for Nickerson to find her. That sounds really gruesome, but that's probably like if she, if that's what she wanted to do, right? You probably would have done it. Um, and then I like there. I do. I, I, yeah, I get the impression that if suicide was her goal, she doesn't need to leave. Yes. Yes. So right. it feels like, yeah, her leaving is like, yeah, fuck it. I'm out of here. I'm done. Yeah, I think like that's, right. I know what you mean, Chris. It's like, yeah, she just get out of there. Um, but I mean, like, again, some people do like. Yeah, they do. Run yeah, away yeah. Run, run away to do it. So yeah. like, this, because there are people to think about. Maybe she doesn't want anyone to find her and stuff. Mm. But this is getting into mm. a, this is like, you'll only ever be able to speculate about this, which yes. is why it's like a unsolved but i mr like, it's dna so... can't help us <laughs> <laughs> no yeah mr. it's <laughs> it's really rare that you get a a mystery with a happy ending so like i'd like to take one mm. if i can so yes. if we're speculating yeah, and and if we're reaching my preferred theory is that yep. uh she lived a really long 
life as someone else. And the the fact that her success came when she was a child mm. and her disappearance was reported mm, under a married to... name was a, was a kind of like, it might have felt like a burden at the time, but actually ended up being the perfect opportunity for a blank slate because no one was looking for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. she was she was she was famous, but nobody knew her name because <laughs> the wrong That's, name was yeah. given for the disappearance. Hey, so I'm Barbara. It all kind of like lined up yeah. in a, in a way that she could take advantage of that and vanish without trace. And so few people can That's do amazing. that. You, like, yeah. I and mean, she that... could have lived into the early 2000s, just like, way, yeah. and then died an old lady, warm in her bed, yeah. like Rose from Titanic. Hello there, welcome to our farm. This is my farm boy, Masood. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> she, she was like, on a, she's on a writer's retreat, Masood. I teach you how to cook later for her. Thank you, Papa Hitler. <laughs> Oh, you're so smelly. <laughs> little, little, little boy, little boy, your butt flap is open. <laughs> oh, no, not again. Oh, rats, not again. <laughs> uh, oh, no, Masood, close up shop. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, we're referencing uh, something we did during our go 20th back, century um, politics. Yeah. When you've listened to Chocolate for ZZ, go and listen to Adolf Hitler, Death of a Farty Coward. It's, yes. <laughs> Young boy Masood was friends with an elderly Hitler in Hollywood. <laughs> in, his, in his farm in Argentina. <laughs> he taught him how to cook, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yes, I think we should. I think you're right, Chris. Let's take one where we can get it. And I think she did. I think Absolutely. She, We've honoured this woman. Yeah. Two fingers up to that, that terrible Nickerson. Off she goes and does whatever she pleases. That's I'm sorry that Nick- I said her dad wrote them. The books. I thought that was going to be part of the mystery that it turned out her dad had written part well, of the, the books. I didn't this. I didn't discount it because no. the uh, the publishers lost interest very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. There the, the might be uh, there might be another reason for that, which is that her her father had pushed her into the writing career and made the introductions, and maybe they only dealt with him. So when she was sending them herself, yeah. they were like. Yeah. But the, the thing, I mean, yeah. I mean, like it wasn't just that. Yeah, it's a cool news story. She's 14 years old and she's written two novels. The second novel was like well received. It's like so mm-hmm. on its own terms was a was was a critically acclaimed book, not a, yeah. not yeah. just a publicity stunt. So um no. maybe it's short sighted for them to be like, uh, no, we don't we don't we don't want another book from you. Maybe they were just generally sure. very bad. But like Masood said, maybe they were bad because she was unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Lost the lost the the verve, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I thanks, see. Chris. I enjoyed that. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. What an amazing story. There 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 should be speculative movies about this woman. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Like um uh like the the Tarantino revisionist history kind of. Yeah. Thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, she yes. goes off and becomes like Charlize Theron or something. Yeah. (laughs) She's like 103 in Fast and Furious. (laughs) Yeah, but she looks so good. She looks great. Come on. Uh, Yeah, I wrote two books. Oh, come on. Get out of here. You didn't write two, but get out of here. Whatever. And I was in The Devil's Advocate. (laughs) Weren't you also in Aeon Flux? Shut up. We don't talk about that film. Nobody talks about (laughs) it. 
just concentrate on how I play Furiosa. <laughs> I haven't seen Mad Max Fury Road. I'm so annoyed with myself. Really? Chris, are yeah. you serious? Wow. I haven't. Oh, Chris, I, haven't. I swear to God, next time you've got two hours on your own in the house, whack up the volume, watch it on the TV. You will, you I, will not regret it. I, I, I know it's going to be good, but I just haven't got around to it. But what I really wish they'd have done... Better than you ever it, think. What I really wish they'd have done is on the poster put from the director of Babe. <laughs> yeah, that amazing. man's got range. George Miller's got range. T- Directed yeah, we talk- Mad Max Fury Road, original Mad Max, and Babe Pig in the City. Babe Pig in the Because we, we we talk about uh, um, Scorsese like having more range than people give him credit for, but he's got nothing mm. on George Miller. <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road, I thought should have won Best Picture that year. Yeah, like, absolutely. Um, he was what year was it? Twenty fifteen. B15 came out. I saw it at the cinema. It was the same year Whiplash came out, which I also loved. And I want to say Birdman. Yeah, yes. I loved Birdman. Birdman. I thought Birdman I love was Birdman. great. Enjoyed Birdman. I've got a friend who hates Birdman, so it makes me like feel like I shouldn't admit I love Birdman, but fuck it, it's brilliant. I think I think Birdman's really good. I um, uh, wasn't bothered about it until I found out that Michael Keaton was in it, but I'm yes. going to watch uh, The Flash. I'm going to watch yeah. The Flash. I've, I've, from what I've heard, everyone's like, it's kind of, it's a Batman movie with the Flash kind of in it. That's, I want, that's how, that's I, how I don't care. I just like, want, okay, I, when I was a kid and Michael Keaton stopped being Batman, it was very mm. upsetting. And Michael Keaton is back being Batman. I'm fucking going. I'm I don't in. care I'm, what you I'll say. I'm yeah. going. I'm going. And what was um, it you were saying in the group? It's like, there's a weird, like, Nicolas Cage cameo. And it's like, that is. Oh, he's going to be, he's going to be Superman. Man. When he like, because he was gonna be Superman, and yes. it's like, yeah, I, it's kind of cool. We get to see your Superman, I guess. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, a movie that was never made. Pop culture is weird now. Um, yeah, it is a snake eating its own tail now. It is yeah, actually, by the by, the time this episode goes out, the Flash will already be out. So yeah, I might have oh, already seen it see by the time it. you hear this episode. But um, uh, Oberos sounds right. The Oberos, Oberos, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, ancient, Ross. the snake eating its own. That's a red dwarf joke. Oh, is look it? What's uh... written, look what's written on it. Yeah, because he, he um, uh, Lister was found under a pool table as a baby in a box. And uh, <laughs> uh, 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 and then on the side of it, they can't read it. They're like, whoever left him here was a fucking stupid. It didn't say fucking, but yeah. like, couldn't read or anything. It says, ah, ah, Rob or Ross. And um, uh, it's it's all it's a robberous because it turns out Lister's his own dad and leaves leaves his young self under the pool table, goes back to the past and leaves himself as a baby under the pool table. And then Sue's, I know you won't have seen this because it's one of the new ones. One of the new episodes Mm. explores that him being his own dad. Ah, okay. I see. It's one of the best ones as well. That's one of the better of the new okay, ones. Okay, right. One of the good new ones. Um, see. Well, he did, he did that is... Eastwick. Well, George Miller. I can't oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. directed uh, Witches of Eastwick. Oh, did he? Yeah. What an unusual film. It is, it is very strange. Got some strange I, special effects in that movie. I watched it for the first time a few years ago with, with Sarah and I was like, this this is interesting. <laughs> Very odd. It's got, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Cal- uh, Vanessa Cartwright, is that her name? Veronica, the actress Veronica from Cartwright. Aliens. Yeah, Veronica Cartwright. Cartwright. Yes, yes, yes. The, yeah, Playing yeah, yeah. this extremely neurotic, puritanical 
yes. woman and she vomits pomegranate seeds at one point and yeah. it's an insane scene she's fantastic so she in alien she yeah. is because we briefly see on the computer and you know they're names and ages and everything she's listed as being originally male now female she's meant to be trans the character's oh, trans. Really? oh wow yeah that wow. character is canonically trans that's amazing the film. Uh, wow yeah it's cool isn't it yeah she's also in the birds didn't know that i am um, ah i i think that's mad uh, that's really cool that's really cool mm. that's something i didn't know about funny little that's, detail uh, isn't it alien, that, yeah. that we never hear about also sigourney weaver was 30 in that in alien and it was her first proper role like prior to that she'd had a couple of lines in a woody allen film and um, she'd done a little bit of stage but yeah she that was her first big film because alien what? was a much bigger hit than they thought it was going to be yeah what yeah, a still, statement yeah she was thir- she was 30 it made... It made Ridley Scott as well, didn't it? It's not like... Um, yeah. It's almost and now like, he's you, back directing alien movies, really. Because you think, yeah. you're like, oh, okay, you've got uh, uh, Sigourney with Ian Holm, okay, and John Hurt. And John Hurt had done mm. TV over here in Britain. And... Yeah. Koto had done some stuff. Tom Skerritt. Yeah, Yafet Koto had been... Um, uh, Yafet Koto had been... Uh, in black exploitation films and that, and a Bond villain by that yes, point as well. So, like a lot of people knew, knew, knew who he was, yeah. But um, if you think about it, like you've got Sigourney Weaver and uh, Ian Holm and John Hurt, who are character actors from Britain, and then Ridley mm. Scott, who had directed a bread advert and a few other little things, and yeah, stuff. <laughs> All of, and was oh, now yeah, directing you know, a haunted house in space movie. Yeah. You know that famous, uh, Mister? You know that famous old British commercial. Uh, for Hovis bread, and it's a little boy pushing a bike up a cobbled street. Yeah, that that's Ridley Scott. That's what the fuck? Yeah, really? Do, 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 do. Yeah, that famous shit. bit of music as well. Anyway, which is um, called the New World Symphony or whatever it is. You kind of you kind of forget that, um, like, I you and it's the same with Spielberg and Jaws that like it's it they get their big breaks too. Yeah. D- yeah. Directors do, and That's it's like because Duel was a TV movie, and I remember yes. watching Duel, and I was like, "This seventy-one, yeah, mm. it's like over and fifty years that. old." It's crazy. That's the same year that he directed the first, the first regular episode of Columbo. Ha ha! Yeah, um, he was a guy for hire. There were two pilots for Columbo, one in nineteen sixty-eight, and then another one in nineteen seventy-one, and then because they were both so popular. It became the show, and the series was commissioned. Mm-hmm. And the start, the series, the series started in 1971 as well. And so, like, it's the third episode of Columbo, but it's the first regular episode. Spielberg ah. directed. Whoa! It's amazing. Yeah. Did you see uh, the Fablemans? No, I haven't yet. I haven't. It's really brilliant. I lo- I really, really, really recommend it. I, yeah. I absolutely loved it. I thought he was. This... I thought he like made a beautiful film. Yeah. This kind of chat is normally the sort of thing that we would cut out for the patreon yeah. but uh as we're talking about like talented people young it kind of fits with what we're yeah. Just yeah. Chatting oh about, yeah let's leave it in yeah. um leave that in and if you like this sort of chat we talk like this constantly and cut it out and put it as bonus episodes on our patreon yeah. patreon.com slash mystery on the rocks you can join there's free stuff there's various different levels you can join at one of which gets you free things like hoodies and t-shirts and stuff but yeah join the patreon get all the bonus content for your listening ears haha <laughs> uh, and uh, come see also, me in edinburgh uh, do go and see Sue's uh, in yes. edinburgh what time is your show and where 
3.45pm at the Underbelly Bristow Square. It's called Y2K Women. At this point, I ain't written it. <laughs> when you come to the fringe, it'll be all ready, I hope. It'll be all ready. Um, if uh, you are in or around London. Yes. Uh, on the 3rd of November. Also, you can come and see Mr. on the Rocks live. You can. Oh, what? All three of our faces live. Yes, you can. At Mm. the Princess Victoria Pub in Shepherd's Bush, 7pm Friday the 3rd of November as part of the Cheerful Earful Podcast Festival. Yeah. There you go. Tickets will be £8. Uh, They are on sale now from the Cheerful Earful website. And maybe I'll make, uh, maybe maybe we can make, should be £18. Oh, hand yeah. them out. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do the cocktail thing. I'll pro- I, I, yeah, we should probably check with the festival organisers and be like, is there a way we can liaise yeah. with the is bar? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, if okay. not, we um, make a cocktail if, and we make an extra one and, and an audience uh, member wins it. Yeah. Something we neglected to mention last week when discussing this live show is that if you are not in or around London, but you still want to see the show, it will be streamed on <gasps> Next Up Yes, there you yeah. go. So you can you can watch it live from the comfort of your own house and or toilet. Please don't watch it from the toilet. <laughs> hey, basically, you can settle down on your sofa in your house in Watertown and <laughs> <laughs> you can watch Mystery on the Rocks live in Shepherd's Bush on the 3rd of November. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Suze. Thanks, Thank everybody. Thank you, Mr. <gasps> Nice. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started <laughs> 